We will be talking about uh, UFO, UAP, uh, government disinformation, and um, current news and activism. Um, where did I even want to start? Let me look at my topics on our topics list. Um, so, you know, I've been, all this week I've been trying to contact some uh, pretty high up people in uh, the UFO, UFO, uh, UFO, ufology community. And I've been having a little bit of trouble getting a guest. So uh, if you are watching this show or you uh, are, you know, interested in this, you know, I, I know we're small now, but uh, this show is also being um, in the process of, you know, it's early baby stages. You know, right now we're on uh, YouTube, Twitter and the uh, talk show. And I believe you can find us now on uh, Apple Podcasts and which would probably relay over into any other podcast network. Um, you do have to dig for us. If you do find us, you might find some Yu-Gi-Oh stuff, but, uh, if you type in Beyond the Pendulum UFO, UAP, uh, you will find us. Um, so, where do I even want to start? I had some stuff on this topic list. I should quickly say that we also, after, like, tonight's show, will also be available on Hive, Hive.blog, you can find us there too. It's on blockchain, social media, which is very don't know about it yet you can uh, upload videos censorship free it's hive.blog so where i wanted to start it off with and this is like an old topic that's been brought up since the ufo uap thing has been um popping up in the news um so the pentagon established or re-established an office that uh, tracked UFOs uh, in space. I believe, what are they calling it? Hold on, let me scroll down. It's a long one here. Uh, it's called AARO, or the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. Um, I, I know that a lot of people think that this subject is bullshit, but even the United States government uh, says that this is real. They do not say that they are of alien origin but they seem to have technology that outdoes ours um the th the, the that that's the thing is that you know there uh there were a lot of studies about what would happen if the public were to find out about you know believing you know that this ufo uap uh tic tac or whatever you want to call it um phenomenon was real and uh this was a study, I believe, done about 10 or 20 years ago, and um, they said that uh, society would start uh, uh, breaking down and religions would start going all over the place. But, you know, it's actually quite the contrary. So the government says that this shit is real. And now people still think that it's not real. <laughs> it's it's the opposite. You know, you know, when you tell people that, uh, you know, you know, even the Department of Defense, the Pentagon, the Navy uh have all have all verified that this is a real phenomenon and the public still thinks that you're crazy when you start talking about this stuff i i, I don't i mean i've had my own experiences and so so as people i've known and you know when you start talking about this people think that you need to start taking crazy pills i society is so like dumbed down at large like i mean people still look at you crazy and think that you're crazy when you talk about like chemtrails and geoengineering and there's plenty of information out there you know from like the 60s and stuff when they're having congressional hearings on it like people just don't 
I just don't pay attention. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think so either. And, um, it's, 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 it's kind of weird. And, you know, I was listening to, um, an old podcast. God, this had to have been at least, you know, 10 years old, but there was, was a, you know, this was an old, uh, interview, uh, from a disinformation officer, uh, from the OSI office of the air force. Um, and he was basically saying that, um, you know, he was involved in very high level government disinformation, you know, with high profile cases, including, you know, uh, a physicist who was on to, he thought he was listening to a UFO, but he was actually, uh, this physicist, um, was actually listening into, uh, the United States government trying to hack, um, uh, during the USSR, uh, days was trying to hack into one of their, um, spy satellites that was taking pictures over, uh, classified, um, uh, bases where they were building, a, um, a very obscure technology. And, uh, you know, some of the, some of the disinformation campaigns, you know, um, you know, have been even documented, you know, it was Linda Moulton Howe, um, that was, uh, they had, uh, canceled one of her or their goal was to suppress um her ufo special on hbo and were very successful at it and um so it 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 goes to show that um i believe that there is the phenomenon has become so big to the point where the united states government um can't even deny it but there is also this level of disinformation, which I believe still goes on to this day, because I think that there's a lot more, um, how should I say, there's a lot more going on that we don't even know about. Like even the OSI officer, you know, was verifying, you know, that Roswell was real. Uh, there was one uh, survivor, um, this, 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 uh, being lived until like the 1950s, died in a facility, uh, ate strawberry ice cream, list, liked to listen to Tibetan music, had no teeth, and uh, died in uh, captivity. I mean, you, you can't make that shit up. <laughs> I mean, you can, but it's too weird. Tibetan music is kind of weird. It is kind of weird. I don't, I really, I really, I, I don't, I don't know what else to say. You know, I mean, I, uh, I guess, I guess everything that the government, um, I guess maybe the 1940s and 1950s was a different era, but now we're living, you know, in the, the 2020s and, uh, um, you know, people now tend not to believe in this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, what about that other guy, like the famous uh, guy who worked at area 51? What is it? What is it? Oh, Bob. Uh, say that again. Bob Lazar? Yeah, Bob Lazar, right? Uh, well, his story seems super credible because, like, uh, and he explained all of it, like about like reverse engineering these, these so called craft and like the origin. And he didn't want to go public at first. And he was actually like his house was getting raided by the FBI and everything. And he was like on that Joe Rogan show. And while he was on the air, his house was getting raided again. And, uh, so, and he said, like, they were doing tests in Area 51 in the sky, like, at a specific day. Like, I think it was on Wednesday at a specific time. And then they went there to go look at the sky. And they actually saw these things in the sky, right? And uh, 
another thing is they they like try to erase his entire history like they said he didn't go to like a specific university uh whatever and, and, and but then clearly like classmates seem to remember him <laughs> and he was actually like a brilliant inventor who put like a rocket engine on a, on a bike or something so um his story seemed incredible uh, I don't know, and then there, there, there's other uh, stories about the area too, like uh, Area 51, but that's just one example, of course. Yeah, I believe, um, so So I, there is some backstory to that, and I'm not sure if a lot of people know about this. So there was a rumor going around, and I think even, um, what's his name, um, Bob Lazar revealed to the guy, the original reporter that had gone to him, that he had actually had some of this unantonium on him that for, that he had taken from the lab. Um, uh, the reporter said he never actually saw it, but, um, but there was some verification that, that, that he actually did have this stuff. Bob Lazar at that point, I believe, was... Um, working with uh nuclear material and i believe it's just a cover-up because they 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 said that he didn't have the proper permits to um to uh what do you call it to save the uh what is it called um to save the uh to have like the nuclear materials what he had i'm, I'm pr probably guessing he was working with like americium or something else some other uh, low-level uh, uh, radioactive material, but I believe that was a cover-up to uh, raid his house. I, I, that, I think that happened, God. Well, how long ago was that? That was maybe like... That was recent, but not that recent. Yeah, and the interesting thing is actually that he that was recent. mentioned that, uh, that, that, that stuff that wasn't on a periodic table, right? Yeah. No, no, no. We haven't even uh, we haven't even um, developed that kind of. Well, it was discovered through the hydron collector or something. Uh, was through CERN, and we were able to make an unstable version of that. But um, um, Bob Lazar believed um, believed that the um, americium or the element one fifteen. Or not americium, um, it's called muscovium, uh, was um, was made naturally, which and, and it's really weird because you we found some heavy elements uh, at the bottom of the earth earth uh, earth's ocean of specifically plutonium, um, but that's I don't I believe americium or sorry uh, muscovium is way way heavier so. If this did exist on Earth, it would be probably closer uh, or way below the Earth's surface or is exists somewhere closer to either a neutron star um, explosion or uh, some sort of heavier uh, collusion that would have um, of spatial objects to create those kind of heavy elements. So whatever it is, it didn't it wasn't created in our neck of the woods. I'll tell you that. Yeah. He actually give, gave like an, uh, an origin of it, right? Like a star system where they would be, where it would be coming from. Oh yeah, it was. It came from. Um, 
the star system that he read up in the what's it called in um where the UAP or the UFO that they had recovered uh, came from Zeta Reticuli, which is about I think thirty light years away. Yeah, which which is also not that far. Like, no, in terms of the amount of light years like, compared to other. Uh, so technically, if they're like really advanced, they they, they probably would be able to travel that far. So, yeah, it's like it's not ten thousands of light years away. No, it is. Uh, you know, you know what's really weird is like I, I actually tried to look at if there were any um, any kind of like star systems uh, that have been photographed around there. Whether you know any any like the Hubble or anything, I had trouble finding any real pictures of Zeta Reticuli from any from any uh, uh, what's called astrono- astronomy foundations. So I'm not really sure why why haven't uh, like the James Webb telescope or Hubble been looking at the Zeta Reticuli system? Yeah, yeah. So it's also weird because we're looking at it from like a human perspective too, right? And then 60 light years, and if you then travel at speed of light, it'll take you 60 years, right? Which is a long time. I mean, any human will die in that time. When you're 25 years old, you go on a ship and you travel and take 60 years, you'll be dead and you're all right. But we don't like, think about the fact that maybe these like uh, life forms live for 500 years or a thousand years because they play around with their oxygen or whatever, or they cured like these illnesses that we all die from. Or yeah, they're just different in humans and they just live a lot longer. So say like 60 years and you carry like a giant, like a giant spaceship, right? I mean, like really, really big, like miles, like, like at miles or tens of miles. And you travel like at half the light speed and you take like 120 years to arrive here. But you're completely like self-sufficient as a ship and you just hang around like here uh, somewhere close to our solar system, right? And then you can just visit us all the time. And uh, we don't really consider those things, I think. But it all makes perfect sense that you can do it like that, where you uh, land on a place uh, like on Mars or something or on the moon that is... Uh, the moon will be is not really habitable, but if you're like on Mars and you have like some equipment with you, you just dig into the ground or something, and you can actually build something there and just stick around. So yeah, um, that's the thing. So yeah, thirty light years, not that far. No, and I, I'm just surprised that I haven't seen any. Um you know, real uh, studies into that star system, which is like a binary star system. That's the part that weirds me out. Yeah. Yeah, I just I just put something in uh in the in the chat channel here, and I was looking it up whenever you said that, and there uh, was some kind of uh, observatory or something that was actually study studying it over in the UAE somewhere. I'm, I dropped the dock in the in the general room there. Okay. See, and if you well, look at about all, the only valid thing I see so far. Yeah, look at like old religions, right? Look at the Quran, for example. It has like uh, Allah, which God uh, uh, comes from the uh, uh, Sirius, right? In there's like a few mentions that he is the uh, Lord of Sirius, right? And the Sirius is only 8.6 light years away. But it's even closer, right? And if you travel at the speed of light, it takes you only eight years to come to get over here. You travel half the speed of light and we're like with some equipment we, we we will already be close to traveling that fast uh, like 
really small drones uh, and whatever very soon. So consider like they're like thousand years ahead of us or a million years ahead of us, they will be easily able to travel like half the speed of light or even faster. So it won't take like 15 years or something to travel here, which is long, but which is not even close uh, as long uh, as, as it would take the old explorers, like with their wooden ships to travel to America from Europe. Yeah. So yeah, we like like we have explorers like in the seventh, sixteenth uh, century, seventeenth century, with their huge galleons and stuff. They would travel easily months over overseas. And if you argue like uh, like uh, like like uh, a, a thing like uh, a serious I being only like eight point six light years, it take you fifteen years. Yeah, you can uh, you can do it. Like so. And, and in the Quran, there's also some knowledge that uh, I shouldn't even be here, but uh, be, be uh, available to them. I'm sure we, did we ever discuss that? I, I don't, I don't think so. It, it's funny. Look, the Zeta Reticula was actually taken, uh, the info she just sent, was uh, taken off the entry list for obser observation. What the fuck? That's crazy. Yeah, that's, that's, kind of, that's kind of odd, for sure, for sure. I don't know if he's got anything on on um, the Zeta Reticula, up, but uh, a really good um, a really good place to like for any of this kind of stuff and solar flares and all of that um, is Suspicious Observers on YouTube, and then the website and stuff is linked underneath of there, and they do like an act like a lot of like actual reporting on like real scientific stuff, and, you know, the shit that they try to feed you on the History Channel. That's where I get like a lot of those docs and stuff like that from. It's all shit that they have on their page mostly. Like that's a lot of that stuff. Like when you try to search it, I'm not gonna say Google because I try not to use Google. But even when you try to like search it and using a VPN and stuff like that, like a lot of times it's just depending, I guess, like you know, on your location and whatever's affiliated with um, your particular article. It's hard to get sometimes for real. Yeah, I can't even like you search it and you don't find shit. Like you, you don't find anything. Okay, so they say. Okay, so the reporter says. Okay, this report was originally posted in Focus magazine, edited by Bill Moore, nineteen ninety one, right? So when the reporter says, uh, "What planet do the aliens come from?" and uh, this guy, a code named Falcon. Uh, says as, as the Cida Reticuli star group. There are two suns together. And this is the primary source of the alien visitors here. To the best of my knowledge, yeah. How long does the trip from Cida Reticuli take? They can do it in 91 days. How big is their home planet? It's similar to Earth, but the air is a bit thinner and contains a higher proportion of argon and helium. Also, the average temperature is a bit, bit cooler, especially in the northern part of the planet. They like a high mountain region where the air is. Makes sense that he would be into the whole Tibetan stuff, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, this is, you know, you know, my friend, you know, you know, I was real iffy, uh, you know, on the whole UFO thing until I had my own experience. I mean, I, I, I saw one once when I was younger, but I, I, I kind of like blew it off to childhood imagination. But this, you know, time I saw it like in my 30s, I was just like, Okay, this this stuff's real, you know, and 
you know, it, it's always been kind of interesting to me, but the fact that, you know, nobody's really looking into this star system. Nobody's, nobody's interesting. It's like a, there's a publication from November 2016, and it is at Harvard. And they uh, have a publication called Trans-Interrestrial Plant Formation, the case of Acida Reticula. Um, a very interesting and well-known system where one of the components hosts an exo-kuiper belt and the other component is a single lonely star. Uh, it kind of kind of makes me want to get like a refractor telescope and like see if I can see if I can get like a like see oh but you can only see it yeah you can only see zeta reticuli like not right you got to be in Puerto Rico or something maybe in the southern hemisphere. Oh yeah. Not unless I take a couple thousand dollar plane ticket. I don't know. It, it, it's a weird, it, it is a weird phenomenon, you know, like, you know, there's been so many stories, you know, coming out over the years and, um, it, and now that our own government, you know, admits that it's real, but people don't believe it's real. I guess maybe that's why the government is actually coming out and saying that it's real. Right. Well, uh, here's what they actually like said on it. Here's like an excerpt from like part of their speech. Uh, it says, uh, when we say one team, one fight, industry and our international partners are part of that team. Kendall said, as we work together to accelerate change, we want to tap into the intellectual capital and creativity industry brings to the table. And this includes our international partners. We must work together to modernize our capabilities. The firms and national programs I've seen on this trip impress me and it gives me confidence that we can work collaboratively across our department and with our allies and partners to prepare for tomorrow's fight today. Uh, the threats are well understood and tangible. Russia's unprovoked invasion of Ukraine, which let's be fucking clear, was not unprovoked. He's been saying for like eight years, stop expanding NATO countries on his borders, but has brought large scale warfare back to Europe. China continues to expand and modernize its military capabilities while also lengthening its geopolitical and economic reach. Uh, blah, 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 blah. He goes on to say, to turn the global security system on its head and rewrite the rules in their favor and according to their authoritarian view of the world. This threatens global stability and efforts for peace. That came right from the Lloyd Austin guy that's like heading this department up in the DOD. Right. Oh, sorry, I was a little confused. I thought this was about UFOs, my bad. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it is about the UFOs. It's about the the new department or whatever. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The Department of Defense is the one that is, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, over all of that new department. So that's um, from part of their hearing. You, you know, like, I, I, I really don't have a whole lot to say about them, you know, the Pentagon opening up a new office, you know, considering that we already... You know, I, I believe we already have multiple aircraft and have had made first contact multiple times. Um, I think I think these offices are more of a charade because now there's so much evidence they can't deny it. And, and how the naval uh, videos that we're showing here on the GIF in the background of the show uh, have already been released. Um, I think it's uh, I, I think that they had to do it. Um, but I think it's like a dog and pony show, you know, for what, what is actually going on. Oh, well, isn't it always a dog and pony show for what's actually going on? Like, huh? 
Well, I, I believe that we are trying to, or might possibly have reverse engineered this stuff, but according to Bob Lazar, you know, um, this kind of technology is not, won't be available until there are major leaps in, um, in physics. And he says, we're not, this is not like a million years ahead technology. He says, this is a couple hundreds of years to, uh, advanced technology. Um, you know, so, you know, first of all, he said, he said that the, the only thing that's really restricting us besides the element that's needed to power this is really the immense power. And, um, he says the stuff, the reactor, uh, its fuel, its fuel was, uh, using, um, you know, element 115, which was done through a, um, uh, non-ionizing, uh, non-ionizing, uh, radioactive reaction. Um, so we're, we're talking, you know, gigawatts, you know, way, way above whatever, whatever we are currently able to do. Uh, you know, this is beyond, he said cold fusion will probably never happen, uh, due to some of the, some of the problems that are, uh, involved with it. Cause there's been no real advancements, even since the last time he, you know, he was interviewed, there's been no real advancements in, uh, cold fusion technology. Uh, so this is maybe in another hundred years, we might be able to uh, be able to do what these guys are doing. I don't believe that we would need something like, uh, you know, Moscovium or, or element 115 or some type of isotope. I believe that uh, we might be able to do the same thing using the current elements that we can find, you know, using plutonium and other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're probably right, like Tesla's uh, energy and shit, um, you know, kind of like use the, the energy of the sun and like something to do with, with copper and, and some element. I can't remember what the element is right now off the top of my head, but I think, uh, I think, I think Tesla still holds a patent on it. Maybe it's from like 1900 or 1901 or some shit like that. Well, yeah, he was trying to, um, he was trying to gather uh, energy he believed that was inert in the atmosphere. And we've been doing that. You know, we did that once, you know, we did an experiment where we had the STS drop a cable line, uh, down into the ionosphere it was about a hundred, what was it, about a hundred miles or something, uh, cable. Right. And, um, the thing actually collected so much energy that the thing actually, uh, melted itself from the STS. So it is possible, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it is absolutely a possible. It just depends, like, on how deep, like, you want to dig into this stuff, you know what I mean? But, like, the, the like the ancients, you know, like the Egyptians and, and stuff like this, like, they definitely use this, this technology, I think, anyways, from the research that I've done. And, and they, you know, part of the way they did that was gathering, you know, like the static electricity out of the air and stuff, so... Well, I, I've been listening to a lot of people, you know, that are, uh, you know, archaeologists and stuff like that. And, you know, the they say that, you know, the history of mankind and we're finding more and more stuff that doesn't make any sense. Like they, yeah, we've been totally fucking lied to. They, yeah, the, the probably there's been more evidence than not pointing to a pre-Ice Age or the end of the Ice Age um civilizations, you know, existing, you know, about 10, 15,000 years ago. Um, and they're saying that, you know, the history of man on this planet, uh, techno technology wise might be cyclical and why it might be cyclical. It might not be linear, uh, due to catastrophic events that happen every 10 or 15,000 years. Uh, yeah, but 
slides and things like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ice ages, you know, stuff like that. So there's, I, I, cause like they, they thought that, you know, the, what was going on in Mesopotamia, what was the earliest stuff that we found, but now we're finding that when civilization was developing in Mesopotamia was also developing in, in South America. And, you know, there's even weirder shit that we that I've even heard of where, you know, the people there are certain tribes from Polynesia saying that they 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 originally came from, you know, Antarctica. Right. So so we're that's predating Mesopotamia. (laughs) We're talking tens of thousands of years ago. Yeah, the yeah, the entire like the entire history, you know, like of the human race and, and, you know. Uh, societies and stuff like that like we we've all been lied to the entire time you know like uh, and talk about the theologians and, and things like that and it takes you back to like the the giants the red-haired people um, which a lot of people think that shit's conspiracy but i mean there's declassified documents on it and there's plenty of like archaeologists and geologists that have you know been doing studies and stuff like in the 80s and the 90s they were kind of like laughed at and shunned by their colleagues and though but as they you know studied the fossil records and carbon footprints and stuff like it's become more and more apparent like that all of our dating and stuff has been wrong and and now that you know society's grown some or or whatever and and our uh, technology has progressed some like you know they're releasing the information it's totally totally valid but well we can also use some logic right i mean like 200 years ago people were still driving uh, riding horses right and now we're like traveling with, 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 with rockets and everything so all right but if, i mean that, humans, that takes you know, you back to, go ahead mark I'll, no yeah i'm saying if, if humans exist for like what they say 200,000 years there's no reason why this hasn't why it would never have happened before it's like right. if you say like 100,000 years ago there was also like a 200 or 300 years of uh, advancement that they would travel yeah, to other planets and everything very much possible, right? And just disappeared again due to some catastrophe or something. Yeah, yeah catastrophic event, right? Yeah, mudslide, mm-hmm. you know, uh, comets hitting the earth and, and things like that. Yeah, but, you know, just like look at like, uh, you know, like American history and stuff, like you go and look at like some of the, like the mansions and stuff, like the Rockefellers and, and sit, they were building like in, in the early 1900s, but but you want us to believe that they had all the technology to build all these buildings, you know, gigantic fucking huge mansions and shit in in less than 10 years, but people are on horse and wagon and we don't have indoor plumbing. I mean, if you really start to dig a little bit, like shit doesn't add up for real. No, it it doesn't, it doesn't really add up. And, you know, we're finding, well, it is kind of weird how how the the um, you know human society has really developed so much in like a hundred years. That's it's crazy. Yeah, and also how it uh, originates from only like a few scientists. If you think about like Tesla, for example, the amount of work he did on his own. So there's no saying that like. Like, what if you had, like, an isolated a little culture somewhere on the planet that had similar scientists that would develop this kind of stuff? Because you're talking about, like, what, what you're saying, like, 100 years, maybe 150 years going from, uh, yeah, uh, driving, uh, riding horses to, to, to riding missiles, right? So that's the thing. And they, they could also have developed that. And then you have an isolated little thing and, and maybe like, yeah, like a catastrophe or, or, or a great flood or something. Uh, 
Now, okay, you would you would uh, consider that they would have survived a flood like that, but yeah, then we do find traces of uh, that civilization surviving because then we suddenly see like what is it, thirteen thousand years ago, for example, we see like pyramids popping up in like uh, Egypt, and like the the oldest pyramid is also the most advanced one, and that's that's the weird part. It's like that the, when the oldest buildings are the most advanced ones and the later ones are only like cheap copies of it. And you're starting to consider that like, yeah, those, those people were no longer there. They're like this, uh, they, they just uh, yeah, gave their knowledge to the locals and, and they tried to like build the same thing, but they were not as advanced. Yeah. Kind of like the grandson of uh, Einstein receiving all his works, but not being able to copy it because he's not a brilliant scientist. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like that, right? So, so you have, and then you have all these things which are like we consider like holy books that have like certain knowledge in it that uh, wasn't really known to people back then. And um, you have uh, mathematics of, of, of mathematicians like Pythagoras, for example, using mathematics that already existed thousands of years before he was born. Otherwise, they wouldn't even be able to build these pyramids. It's like. He introduced certain mathematics into our culture that, like, yeah, clearly people before him already knew or they wouldn't have built these pyramids. It's like, yeah. And then uh, exactly like Ma Mad Mom says, there are uh, some elites or, or some secret societies with knowledge. And that makes you consider that they do have a lot of this old knowledge and that they might have, might just give it to the members of their society who then become like very powerful and popular in our, our society with it. Like, yeah. Like Einstein working at a patent bureau, for example. It's registering these patents. It, it's very weird. <laughs> yeah, the history of Einstein. He was actually horrible at math. Yeah. And then like, imagine like, when you got an offer like that. Uh, but let's say you're already like... Uh, like a, like a millionaire, right? And you don't really need the money, but you, you go to the secret society and they just say like, well, if you shut up, out, up, up about this stuff, we could also make you a famous uh, scientist. <laughs> you haven't have never done any anything related to science, but we know some secrets, it's in these books. You just have to like release it, register the patent, and you're a famous scientist. And that's what you got for being part of a secret society like that. Like uh, ancient knowledge is not just uh, esoteric knowledge, it might also be actual scientific knowledge. Yeah, I've actually never thought about that. <laughs> yeah. So I've known some, I've known some Masons over the years and, you know, I've known some people that have actually accidentally walked into Mason, Mason meetings thinking it was like a 12-step meeting. That 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 actually had yeah one of my buddies did that he said yeah I went to he's like dude the, the uh, that's he said you I told him you walked into the wrong fucking uh, place I gave him he he walked into like the the like one digit off on the address and walked into a Mason meeting <laughs> anyway yeah it's like that uh, that pyramid with the all seeing eye above it right um, like that the people above this pyramid uh, I just have like. Uh, Certain knowledge that the rest of us aren't 
is, aren't allowed to see. And that also has to do with scientific knowledge, I believe. So that's why it's so attractive to some to be part of it. Because I, I do believe that many of these people are actually really smart and not, aren't just in it for the whole uh, secretive uh, sex cult stuff. Right. <laughs> They're actually just, just in it because they actually think that there's a lot of knowledge that no one else has. Like well, they build these they probably possess the actual, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, the actual knowledge, like, but they don't want the rest of us to have it. That's mm. my, my, that's my view. But. Yeah. But they also feel superior over the rest because they say like, yeah, you guys are ignorant because you don't have the full knowledge, right? So that's why we are better and we know better how to steer you guys in the right direction. Because we have access to this thing. And they actually feel superior, I think, too. So. Just think of it like think of it like purely if you think of it purely scientific, right? Look at like mummification, for example, and, and these pharaohs talking about the afterlife. Now we can consider they really talk about the afterlife, and why would they give all these gold and diamonds with uh, with a dying pharaoh in some box? Uh, maybe they actually think there is a thing called uh, uh, keeping the DNA stored and actually cloning like a new child and and that person uh, inheriting all the gold because it's an actual family member. Yeah. Oh, I never thought about that. <laughs> yeah, we don't look about it like, we don't look at it in a scientific way. We look at it like uh, all like uh, a religious way, but what if they were really advanced and they were just actually just like yeah, storing this DNA, keeping this DNA available. And then you can later on, like thousands of years later, assuming that you're scared of some kind of like big disaster but you're assuming that they still have the knowledge in the future that they clone your, uh, yeah. <laughs> then you take all of your goods with you. <laughs> yeah, because you inherit it, right? Because yeah. you're a genetic, uh, yeah. So you make, you become a pharaoh again, like, yeah, all this gold is mine. I'm like the little, literally the same DNA as the pharaoh guy. So, yeah. Right. I just dropped another uh, uh, doc in, uh, in the room or whatever it's like from the CIA reading room and it's nothing but documents on like unidentified flying objects. And it's from like the FOIA request CIA room so it's all like, you know, declassified like legitimate documents so people can't be like, oh, fake news, no, no, here's the declassified documents like literally from the CIA website. Yeah, how many years does it take for them to like declassify something? I heard like with Kennedy it was like 80 years or something, or 60 years? Something yeah, like that, yeah. Yeah, it depends on like what, like what information you request, what departments it's going to, like how far behind on their backlog it is, like how, like how large the data request that you did is, like um, they just did like a like a big thing or whatever to like speed up FOIA requests and stuff. Um, I think I dropped it here too, but I might have just tweeted it. I don't have to get it from my clipboard. Give me a few. Because they do like an oversight on on how quickly they're you know uh, answering for a request and there's there's a huge backlog so that that's been something that you know we've kind of been focusing on for a few years. Yeah, I'm looking at the one in Tashkent. That's crazy. That's definitely not uh, a meteor. <laughs> wow, crazy. Yeah, I, I really don't know what it's going to take for um, for society to, you know, to, to just, you know, completely agree that, you know, this is real. This is a real phenomenon. This is really going on. I think um, 
Even I, you know, you know, it's funny. I think even if they landed here and went down to the White House, people would still think that it's fake. Probably. I don't know. What do you think, Mark? What do you think would happen if they came here, landed landed in the White House? White House? Uh, do you think uh, landed in front of the White House? Do you think that the you know people would still think that it's fake? No, they would have probably think it's part of some kind of like movie or something. I don't know. But I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't even think they can understand it. People will probably think it's, it's fake. Yeah. Or not, not that it's actually like uh, aliens or something, but just like genetically en engineered humans or something. <laughs> yeah. No, but that, okay, so I did read, uh, there was that lady who was at Joe Rogan and she wrote this whole book, right? Also about Area 51. And she did have one, uh, one interesting uh, page in her book. And it said that, um, yeah, those, there were actually not aliens at Area 51. These were genetic and it was done by uh, the Russians, as you said. And they wanted to scare the United States during the Cold War, so they had these uh, huge uh, bomber planes going super high up in the sky, and they dropped like uh, a saucer-shaped saucer uh, craft, and they were these uh, yeah, genetically engineered humans, genetically modified humans, and those were caught by the uh, United States. And it was to uh, for Stalin to 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 to, uh, to scare the United States into thinking they have like an alien enemy. That's what this lady said. So, and she did believe the whole Bob Lazar story. Like she said, he's probably completely honest about everything. But what we saw was probably not aliens, but was probably just humans being genetically engineered. Now, this unique story, of course, what she has is it gives a different twist. It does have some backing behind it, and that is that whole Montauk monster thing, that little island there is, that during those those days, like shortly after the war, and like in the 60s and 70s, they were actually experimenting with that, that they would make like uh, humans like with long fingers to like uh, better use certain equipment, for example. Um, smaller humans so to fit in like smaller planes and stuff that they were doing that horrible uh, research and that because this is um, there's a third part that might be supportive of her story too and that is that of course these are huge huge human rights infractions right so obviously you, you would say that these are aliens because those don't have human rights and if you have to like release the fact that you're actually experimenting on humans like this you're using like you, you you're guilty of huge human rights issues that kind of thing. I mean, I, I could go, I could, I could believe some of that, but that just sounds like more, more government disinformation campaigns. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that's what it sounds like. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah. After listening to, you know, an interview with an, you know, ex Air Force OSI officer and, and the lengths that they go to, to try and suppress information, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me that um, they would go to those links and happily to get on air and, you know, say a bunch of crazy stuff to try try and uh, disprove everything. You know, it, w it wouldn't surprise me. Really wouldn't. I mean, no, exactly. And it's like all kinds of different stories to make you like doubt the uh, whole uh, uh, alien thing. Yeah, even 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 like 
private. We didn't even map out the human genome until, God, the 90s? Something somewhere around there? Yeah. Yeah, okay, and, and also, like, if you say, like, okay, these are genetically uh, modified humans and it's not aliens and whatever, and how do we explain the sightings by already going back to, like, the time of Columbus? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, he had already sightings. Like, he literally described, like, these uh, yeah, flying, these light bulbs, like, rising up from the sea and going into the sky and stuff. Like, clear UFO sightings. It's, it's all in his diaries of the actual travels. Yeah, they used to call it St. Elmo's Fire. We still don't even know what it is. Yeah. And you have uh, yeah, the famous Foo Fighter stories from like the World War uh, One and Two. Uh, Foo Fighters, sister two. Uh, they, they were not, not explained too. They just said like, these are just uh, yeah, ghost planes. They don't really exist. Like you, you can't explain it. They, they just travel next to us. They're huge flying balls and everything. And the United States uh, or the, the UK blaming the, the Germans and the Germans blaming the others. Yeah. Yeah. Even the I think even the Ger I think the Nazis recovered a few UFO few UFOs too. Yeah. Yeah. And that they were obsessed with going to Antarctica, for example. Um, they were also obsessed with uh, Atlantis, right? The stories of Atlantis, finding the, the flooded island. Oh, that is already described from the times of of Plato, who already describes the story of Atlantis and. Um, and also that that is not a made-up story either. He claims this is from older maps, and he found this on older uh, on older maps, uh, and that he just copied it on a new map. And this is oh, old records. Yeah, the one, the one that uh, mapped out Antarctica. How? Yeah, and it was it was completely accurate, and uh, nobody. Yeah, that's the ice. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I dropped a link on those old maps last week in, in one of the two rooms. Yeah, when we were kind of talking about this stuff or whatever. But if you go back and look at some of the early maps, like like what Mark's talking about from like you know, the 1600s, even before that, from like the 14 and 1500s, like there's no way these map makers were, you know, like making mistakes like California being an island. Like that's literally, you know, how they knew how to get around. So they were documenting the land, you know, and, and the water and stuff as it was at that time. So you can just go back and compare like maps and, and see where they've made the changes. Yeah. Um, and, and there's two other, there's a few other interesting things with that. And that is that that mainstream uh, history uh, teachers do like take these maps as completely reliable to describe the rest of the world. But when they describe these things, they're suddenly seen as like making stuff up. And if you look at the Piri Reis, for example, that, that map is from uh, uh, Turkey, from the 1300s, a guy lived. And so when he said, you know, my maps are based on over 20 older maps and some like uh, ranging from like way before our time, like what, even before Egyptian times, like they're before ancient times. And his map also describes, uh, shows uh, Antarctica, like how it is below the ice, not how it is with the ice. Like literally, if you take the ice away and they do it from a seismolo uh, seismologic uh, experiment, that it shows how it's underneath the ice, which isn't, must be, it's probably like 14,000 years ago before it had no, that it had no ice. So, hmm. makes no sense. 
Yeah, I, I do believe, you know, because of global warming or whatever the hell is going on, um, I do think that, you know, if it at some point we will find ancient relics there. <laughs> I've always believed that even since I was young, you know, there there is some mystery. There is there is a lot of the, the whole the, basically the, you know, it's been mapped, of course. But are there places are there places that haven't been really, really investigated? Yeah, about 80 percent of it hasn't been investigated or, or, or traveled to. Um, yeah. Yeah, and there, there, there's like, okay, and so we can confirm that there was no ice back then on it, for example, too, because the ice was still in Northern Europe. That's why there were so little civilization in Northern Europe. I mean, uh, right, like, well, and they just uh, they just did like a, a core sample, too. Like, I just I just read something about it, like, maybe a month ago where they, you know, like, drilled deep down into the ice in our, in our fight of, in Antarctica and got, like, a core sample. And, and in there, it's got, you know, still plant vegetation and stuff like that. So, you know, they can see it through the carbon record pretty much. Yeah, I think, I think that they even found life there, you know, even 4,000 years ago. So... Yeah, and there's these thousands of like frozen mammoths and stuff in northern Russia. Right. Well, and that's just like like we're all old enough to remember like okay, so when we were going to school in like elementary, you know what I mean? Like uh, it was Eurasia. It wasn't broken down into all the countries it is now. And like I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I learned about uh what is it that they called it uh pan uh pan something or another when the all the continents were together. What's the word? Can't think of it right now. Pangea. Pangea, that's it. Yeah, but okay, okay, it's kind of weird, but because like the reason we have so li so few of these frozen mammoths is because they were so well contained in the ice that these people just dug them up and just ate them. Like the meat was perfect, and they literally was, were eating these frozen mammoths and everything, and they're <laughs> in the north of Siberia. Yeah, it was, uh, so, it's like a giant freezer. <laughs> Yeah, so that's the that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, the deeper that you get into, you know, kind of this topic, like, um, and, and, and you get to like the the giants and and the red haired people and stuff like that, it will actually tell you that like, uh, that Atlantis was uh, in the United States, and that you know, like, pretty much uh, humankind, like, you know, migrated from there, um, after you know a series of different cataclysmic events like the mudslides and things like that, but. It's a rabbit hole for sure. Well, there's several things on the on, on the world map, all the world maps that don't make sense. Yeah, there is, and I, I dropped a link into the chat just a few minutes ago from like the very like first recorded map. Um, it's got those links. He doesn't like put it up or whatever. I don't know if you can, but I dropped that. Link. That's the last link I dropped, I think. Yeah, I spent like three days reading on this stuff like last week. <laughs> yeah, and then, then also like, um, that's also the weird thing. Like if you talk, look at like Sumerians or like Egyptians and that we take like all the records very serious, except when they talk about gods and visitors for some reason. Like we take every all the records as a reliable, like they even have like a book of kings and stuff in, in, in Sumeria where some kings lived thousands of years. I think there was one king who lived like 24,000 years. Like, yeah. is anyone actually reading this? Like, they have a book where we have all their kings listed. Some of these kings are listed in our history books as being their kings, yeah. but the other ones listed, we didn't list it. 
we didn't waste time because they lived 24,000 years. It doesn't make sense. All right. So well, that's the thing. Like, I think our dating uh, uh, is off for one thing, you know what I mean? Um, and, and like humans did used to live longer than what we do now. And 90% uh, of that is from, you know, uh, our environmental effects, like the food that we eat, like, you know what I mean? Like, for real. And, and I don't, I don't know, people are so indoctrinated with whatever they've been spoon fed their whole lives. But, you know, like Christianity, for example, they want to be like, oh, there's not other gods. Like y'all clearly haven't even read, like read the whole Bible then, because even in the Bible, it says worship other gods before me, which is an acknowledgement of more than one. Yeah, I did, uh, the Bible also describes uh, uh, Nephilim, etc. Yeah, they were like half breeds. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. visited the, the earth and they have like sex with uh, with uh, human women. Yeah, women. Yeah, and they become like legendary figures, like Hercules type figures. Yeah. yeah. You know, they actually found in uh, Polynesia, you know, near those weird uh, hexagon shaped forts that were built in the middle of in, like middle of nowhere on an island. Uh, they found, you know, bones of these guys that are eight feet tall. Yeah, that's, that's what I was talking about, about the giants and stuff like, you know, everybody wants to deny that, but they exist. Like, I mean, there's been a ton of them found in the United States, especially like Missouri, Illinois. Uh, they call them the mounds builders. Of giant ancient race like um, they're all like RH negative positive like I wish I could have got a hold of Martin like he knows like everybody thinks he's a winning team but he really does know a lot on this subject for real oh the RH factor yeah 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 he knows a lot on the RH factor stuff and how it ties in like uh, to like speak on it you know um, a little bit more educated than what I could because you know, he's researched it, obviously, a lot more than I have. <laughs> what else have we got going on here? Maybe topics. Um, let's see here. Oh, God, we were talking a lot, weren't we? In here. Uh, possible disinformation campaign. Um, oh yeah, Congress has been uh, making bills out there to make it easier to report UFO, UAP uh, phenomenon. Um, but like I said, you know, along with the OSI, you know, officer that I heard for the disinformation campaign, I don't know. I really don't know how how effective it would be to report any of this stuff to um, Congress or or an official because you know you know as well as I do, that it probably won't go anywhere. But the thing that did, um, the thing that did kind of um, surprise me is that they, they wanted Travis uh, Taylor. I'm not sure if you guys, are you any guys familiar with him? Travis Taylor, not ringing a bell. So he is like a TV celebrity and he is also a... Um, uh, you know, uh, I believe he worked like astrophysics and he's got a whole bunch of degrees in X, Y, and Z. He's been on that show Skinwalker Ranch. He's been on, um, you know, a bunch of science, science, um, science channel documentaries. And, um, 
you know, they want him. I think they're putting him as the head scientist on the UAP program. Um, this guy's, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. I remember him now. Yeah, he's like a like 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 he he went to so many universities. He's like a yeah. I saw him on the Skinwalker Ranch, thing. and he is uh, from the Auburn University, University of Western Sydney, University of Alabama, and so he worked for 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 the Department of Defense for NASA and everything. Like he kind of knows what he's talking about when he's uh, talking about uh, rocket technology and everything. Yeah, they want him. They want they. They're having him as the head scientist for the UAP program. Which um, some people in the UFO community have said that oh, they're just having some Yahoo up there, you know, who believes everything. And you know, I, this guy knows what he's talking about. You know, this guy's this guy's you know, I don't know. I, I think it's the right guy to put him in there. Yeah. I think so too. And I, he's not a Yahoo. He's a well, uh, well educated scientist. Um, but that's what they always say, right? When you talk about this subject, your entire career is fucked. Well, you know, that's, that's, that's how it used to be. But, uh, you know, look where, look where some of these people are going, you know. They're really going, some of these people are actually going places. Um, who was it? Um, uh, yeah, speaking of Skidwalker Ranch, what do you guys actually think is going on there? A good question. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen, I think I saw the whole, uh, what is it, first season? Uh, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I, I I've, watched, I've been watching, like, I've watched like all three seasons. I, I've always, at first, watching the first season, you know, and seeing other Skinwalker ranch documentaries i'm kind of like is it really like some kind of curse they put on the land or is there some kind of being i mean you know there, there's actually one thing they haven't mentioned on the show which has been brought up in several documentaries is seeing they've only mentioned it once i believe on the show but i've heard it multiple times from uh, even from other researchers who have been there when they looked on the infrared cameras they will see um an invisible light coming from the mesa and some kind of creature that goes in and out of that thing regularly cannot be seen in normal in normal uh normal cameras only on the only when you're looking in the upper spectrum of light okay that's a weird story right yeah but it does make sense that makes perfect sense actually because why would they be like like colors that we would be able to see, right? And like our eyes aren't like made, made the same as their eyes. So, yeah, I've always I've always thought that there's some kind of a like. At first, I thought that there was some kind of ship up there, um, but I, I I don't know. It, it, it there's almost some sort of some sort of anomaly in that in that in that general whole area there that is not like any other place in the world. Um, you know, they, they see UFOs, they see morphing. It's like, it's like, uh, what they call it, uh, paranormal Disneyland. Right. I wonder like what their like ley lines are, you know what I mean? Like, I wonder how much of that has to do with it. Could be, could be. I also don't know like how it works. Like if you can't see a certain color, I think like, uh, if you're like colorblind, you see everything is gray, right? 
Right, yeah. Maybe yeah. it's be the, the gray down or something. I don't know. Yeah, or it's just like, you know, there's like certain colors in the rainbow that we can't see either, so. Yeah, we can't see infrared or, or, or deep ultraviolet. There's only so many, there's only so much of ultraviolet that we can see before it just goes black, but there's actually quite a few um, quite a few, quite, quite, quite a, a bit of invisible light that, that we can't see in the, in the, in the ultraviolet too. Exactly. I don't know. There's also been multiple reports of seeing like an object that's kind of like, um, bending, bending light around it. That's, that's another, that's another, another normal thing. So is seeing UFOs and UAPs. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Me personally, I think it's some sort of paranormal gateway, or some sort, some sort of weird um, portal. Something like that, yeah. It would, it would make sense because we can't see it in normal light. We can, we, you can't measure it because everything, everything electronic goes crazy over there. So, right. we're we're dealing with something that's either intelligent. Or something that is uh, dealing with some sort of because uh, high level of energy because they they're dealing with ionizing radiation and high and high uh, high energy that seems to come out of nowhere like all the time. Yeah, so in that Skinwalker Ranch thing, is it that that the guy was getting like really sick when they? Try to like open this, uh, open this thing, like go downstairs. So. Or yeah, when they're investigating it, yeah, people do uh, uh, report getting sick. People do have weird um, heart anomalies. They will uh, get radiation burns. All, all sorts of weird stuff happens over there. there. There's some sort of physical object there that we can't view or see or record. And it does seem to have some sort of intelligence there too, which is baffles people. I think I think even though the the owners who adopted the ranch, you know, before Bob Bigelow had it, they only they were only stayed there eighteen months before they left. And all the shit was all the stuff was scaring the crap out of them. Yeah, they already talked about that, like all the weird stuff happening there. Did I ever tell you about like the what happened to the wife of the previous owners before Bob Bigelow? She would um, there was like the uh, quite a few times she would take the um, she would take the groceries out of the bags, put them in the refrigerator, come back to the bags and the and the and the stuff is the that she had put in the groceries in the refrigerator would be back in the bag. That's weird. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, is it like a time thing or is it like a ghost thing? It, it could be. You, you like if you're dealing with you know some sort of anomaly, you know, or portal. I mean, you know, there might be some. There might be hiccups. <laughs> yeah. That's also how they describe a lot of like ghost sightings too. Like there are some like some, like some really legitimate uh, scientists. It's, it's a weird word to say legitimate scientists, but there are some scientists who try to like really 
explain these ghost sightings, for example, in a scientific way, and they say like, maybe it's like leftover energy of someone who was there, like uh, that we detect uh, that that this is actually legitimate because a lot of these uh, ghost sightings are like they can't just easily explain them away. Like some, of course, yeah, you have the, the people who like really want to like, like make money out of it or something and they want to get famous with it. Like this is the famous ghost house or something and it isn't there and still visit us. Um, but there's also like the really intense uh, ghost uh, sightings that you can't explain away. Like there was this little girl, uh, wasn't this like that, uh, that's, there's a Stephen King movie out of, uh, made out of it later on. Like it was a little girl and she saw like this old uh, neighbor guy uh, uh, visiting her at the swing or whatever and this neighbor guy already like, died super long ago. She was really convinced that she saw this neighbor guy, it was an old dude with a hat on. And uh, so and, like these really these scientists visited that house and, and everything and uh, they used the detectors and they did detect like, some energy thing. Um, they were explaining it like maybe it's leftover energy or something that, that there is. Uh, that there's all kind of stuff outside of a body that we don't we're not really aware of and that we just leave some traces behind of it. Yeah, I, I do think that, that there's a lot more to the whole ghost phenomenon thing. I think it's I do believe it's real, but um I think that this universe is too weird for us to understand with our current technology. Yeah, and then there's also the thing that for example like they say like sounds never leave the earth, for example. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, where sounds actually travel downwards. Yeah, so they're still there. So like every sound we ever made, like humans or whatever, those sounds are still somewhere on the planet that like travel around and like they say travel downstairs. Yeah, it was uh, what do they call them? Like sound particles, which really aren't which really aren't a particle, but it's an oscillation. But yeah, that was really weird that they thought that. Um, was it sound? I think it was sounds they traveled down, or was it completely right up? Right up, sounds travel was it up. Well, I mean, they're also talking about like all the radio broadcasts we had, for example. They're like, if you're like somewhere out in outer space, you would now like. I think it was like if you were like somewhere at the at like the the, the nearest star, you would now uh, pick up like the old. Uh, uh, Nazi broadcast from like World War Two, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you would be actually hearing stuff back in time. Yeah, that goes back into like old philosophical questions: Are they really dead or are they really alive? Yeah, and like I was discussing this with uh, with a friend too before. Like, so if you look at the sky, like and you see all these stars, right? Part of these stars no longer exist, right? Because they're already gone and, and the light travels all these years to get over here. So like 10,000 years. So they're actually already gone. But what if you're on another star like that and you look at the earth and you will see like us uh, running around in Roman times? Yeah. So, yeah. And th that means that for those observers, we are still running around in Roman times and none of us here are even born yet. So if we die, are we even dead? Because to some people, we will be still running around. Like, 
Oh, so it's all trip. like we, we will actually be like really at that moment running around for the observer like they will be looking at us and they see us running around and all the things that we do so, yeah. yeah that's that's got to be yeah that, that's got to be the most trippiest stuff yeah and especially when you're dealing with um you know large distances in space or are they really uh, you know uh, when we're actually having you know real time delays you know, sometimes hundreds, thousands of years, you know, <laughs> what's the reality? Is it happening in real time or is it, or is reality happening in the time of the observer? Yeah. Yeah. Like even the, the, the our sun or even, um, even our sun, is the, the light takes like eight minutes to travel here, if I'm correct. Yes. Um, so if you stand on the sun and something happens and you die, right, to us for eight minutes, you will still be standing there. And we can actually see you standing there, right? Technically, I mean, we can't actually stand on the sun, but we will still see you standing there while you're already dead for eight minutes. So <laughs> that thing that will that we see standing does actually have like it actually exists, right? Like you have real bones and everything. We're observing a person with real bones and real clothes and everything. Oh, it's going to be the most trippy things, you know. I I really do think that the that the universe is much more, um, I should say, much more uh, different than we all think. I I really don't think that uh, you know time is not not exactly linear, if that makes any sense. I'm starting to like consider more and more the whole like Elon Musk thing, like that we're all living in a simulation. That is really like what we're observing, like as an outside observer. Now the simulation is different for others who look at it in a different time and a different, uh, different mathematics. Even. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I really haven't fucking looked into that part too much, but I mean, it, it could be legit. I mean, simulation, like in a cartoon, something like that. Yeah, but what defines reality? <laughs> Okay, so we are just this small planet, right? And there's like a trillions, trillions of planets, right? And all these civilizations who will be looking at us will still see us alive, though we're like long dead. So, and what is then the definition of reality? Is it that we experience being dead, or is it that the trillions and trillions of others can see us being alive? <laughs> right? I mean, like this, the zero point zero 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 one percent knows that uh, sees us dead. And the rest, like the 99.99999% sees us alive. So is that even, are we done the reality or are those, those, all those others right? Right. That's also like, yeah. I mean, if you're a Democrat, I mean, if you believe in democratic uh, decisions or scientific consensus, then they are right. You're, you're completely wrong. So. I really do think that's where the dumbing down of our society is going as people are too focused on politics. Yeah. Really? Yeah. But like, also like what I'm saying, like if we look at like planets, like light years away, like maybe there are already like huge civilizations that we can't even see them because the distance is too big and we're just seeing them thousands of years ago still. So yeah, we might be running around in, 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 in caveman outfits too still. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're already like super advanced. Like, maybe all these spaceships that we can't even see because we see them like in medieval times or something. Like, yeah. 
this is this is very weird it's all about the observer well oh god coffee anymore but <laughs> yeah. well, i think this is this is the right stuff to talk about though, i think yeah, I I really do want to get on Brian Weiss here. He's he's one of these guys, and you know the head 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 guys in psychology, where he starts um he start he he's the first guy to uh, start hypnotizing people um, and uh, discovering that um, you know there is some weird phenomenon to past lives, and um, he did he did the experiment even further where he would hypnotize the people and there seemed to be consensus of people in the subconscious also knowing about future lives. So is, is re- reality nonlinear? It might, it might actually be nonlinear. The past and the present and the future might be existing all at the same time. That would be a mind fuck. Yeah. What did that mom? No, it does. It does, but I can see what we got. Probably crashed or something. Oh no, she said it has a state meeting or something. Um. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, but I think Einstein also gave his own uh, impression of it, even though he was wrong with the whole uh, quantum mechanics and how all of that works. But uh, he did say it's all relative, right? And maybe you could say like it's relative to the observer, like yeah. That's that thing. Like he explained it really well with that clock thing. Like if you have a clock in a in a plane, right, with like a little laser thing bouncing uh, to the left and to the right. That actually, when the plane is traveling, uh, it also it is kind of like also moving forward. So the distance is longer than just going left and right. It's also going forward. So it takes longer, but still. Uh, to the observer, it's the exact same. So, um, and it's kind of like when you like meet if you travel at light speed and you meet another uh, spaceship traveling at light speed. When you cross each other, then you should be going faster at light speed because you're both traveling at the max speed. But you're not because light is the fastest. Like, like you look at it, you, you're traveling light speed one way, and the other ship who is like facing you is also traveling at light speed, and then you meet each other. You should be going to light speed. But like according to like uh, science, like you're all, you can't go faster than the speed of light. So does it make sense anymore at that point? Well, there, what there, is, there is an exception, yeah, to uh, photon travel. If if photons or or any kind of uh, photon kind of radiation is in a medium, uh, a liquid submersible, it actually can travel faster than the speed of light. I, I forget where I heard it, but it's only in a medium, like in water or something like that. Okay. Uh, and like, does gravity have effect on light? light yes. Is yeah, it does. It does. It, uh, it, uh, gravity. So that means that you throw so that means if you throw light at the Earth at light speed, it must be traveling the speed of light plus the gravity pulling it. So it must be going faster than the speed of light, right? Um, no, not necessarily. It, um, I, I believe it, it travels at, at a constant. It just bends it or something. Or That's why when we look at the sun, we can see stars that are behind the sun. 
It just okay. goes it goes around the object, kind of like, kind of like it's like a like like space is like this mount. Space is actually something. So in space, we have a bigger object in space. It actually is warping space. If you could actually see it in a three dimensional, if if it was like if it was like pink or some sort of uh, other chem, uh, other color besides black, you would actually see bending of space. But um, I believe uh, light travels at a true constant unless it's like at a me- in a medium. But um, like like you know like like what they were saying with Bob Lazar and these um, um, these other people who have who have thought about you know um, you know traveling faster than light. It is it is possible if you're bending space around you that you can travel faster than the speed of light. And it would be trippy because you would actually see. You would actually see, uh, like, a similar, similar to what it's Star Wars when they go to light speed, how you see the light kind of come at you because you're going faster than the speed of light. Yeah. You would actually observe something like that. I think if you were traveling at the speed of light or faster, everything would look black. <laughs> Isn't that weird? It's like, yeah. <laughs> That's but also you don't age, right? I mean, yeah, time slows. Yeah, time slows down for you, but everybody else it's speeding up. If you are traveling faster than the speed of light, so you could actually yeah time travel, real for real. So let's say you go one light year, you come back, you come back, and you go one light year away, come one light year back. You're only you're traveling at the speed of light, so that you're it's only been two days for you, but it's been two years for everybody else. Yeah. That's crazy, isn't it? It is. This is like, uh, I'm not, not even sure how true it is, right? Because we, we can't even do it yet. Uh, we've actually done experiments, yeah, where they had the twins uh, in NASA, where they had the identical twins. One stayed on Earth, one stayed in, um, in the International Space Station, I think for like almost a year. And uh, they one the other twin was actually uh, forty five seconds younger than the other guy because they're traveling at what uh, twenty four thousand miles per second or something seventeen thousand miles per second. So we we, we do observe uh, the slowing down of time uh, when you're traveling faster. It it is an observable uh, observable effect. In fact, so much so that. The GPS systems have to con- constantly be updated because of time dilation. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a real thing. <laughs> I always wanted a time machine, though. I really. <laughs> yeah, then we all like. <laughs> what, you ch- what would you do if you, you had a time machine? Would you change? Oh, the I. Yeah, no, I would just make myself rich. Get the winning oh, yeah. numbers, do it once, come back. That is the Back to the Future strategy. Yeah, 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 like the Biff, yeah. Yeah. Like, how are you? I would probably, but I would, uh, okay, but this is not to change the time too much. I would probably do, uh, like, the the a lot of numbers and whatever where there wasn't any winner and then become the winner or like the uh, soccer uh batting and then because like when there is a winner 
and you suddenly become the winner, then you're like changing history, right? Because that person does like all kinds of stuff. They do that now, though. They have like a uh, point shaving, which is pretty much when like players collaborate with sports betters to like determine the outcome of the game. So like a star player would collaborate with the better and then they would get a cut of like the money that they win. Yeah, I've heard I've heard of that going on, you know, with sports betting. Well, but not not to the degree that we're thinking of. You would you would end up in um what do they call it a time a, a reality rift or some an alternate timeline. That's what I was about to say. I think I I think I'd create too many alternate. Timelines. I don't know, like like the Mandela effect. I guess is I don't know, like. Uh, bro, I'm not just talking about the Mandela effect. I'm talking about, like, I am arming every single indigenous tribe in the world. I'm like, hey, yo, listen, these colonizers are coming. Like, you got to prepare. You you need to do everything you can to defend yourself. And then I'm going to create, like, 50 alternate realities like that. Did uh, Has AK ever shown you the um, the pictures of um, World War One uh, photo um, era? What do they call them? Uh, ships. What, what color do you think they were? I always thought I always thought they were gray. I think they were the color of war crimes. No, they were they were like shaped. They were like painted like rainbows and stuff. All yeah, they were rainbow colors and everything. Yeah. For real. Nice. <laughs> I, I you know, all the history of movies and stuff, like we all remember it differently than that actually was. Yeah, like there's a lot of people that actually remember Nelson Mandela dying in the nineties. He didn't die until twenty thirteen. Yeah. Why told my mom that he said like the people are stupid because he he didn't die in prison. But yeah. I don't know, it depends on who you ask, I guess. My mom knew it, because I told her about the Mandela effect. Was tripping over it, but she said, "Like, no, it's not true uh, that he died in prison." That's what she remembered. But yeah, true. A lot of people remember that it was actually a funeral in prison. I think even. I remember that. I remember vaguely. Rem- I vaguely remember thinking I thought I saw that on TV, but it never happened. Yeah. yeah. Did you see? Did you check C-3PO's uh, silver leg? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That tripped me out. I thought it was red. No, it's silver. Yeah. In the original the Star Wars thing, it is one silver leg. Yeah. Interesting. Watch them. Yeah. There really are a bunch of time travelers screwing up the timeline. Next thing you know, Hitler's still alive and we're all in Nazi Germany. Hey, bro, if that's the case, y'all got to do a better job. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying if we do have time travelers about like y'all, like y'all are being punk asses about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> did I ever tell you that? Did I ever tell you that? Um, remember that famous time traveler guy, uh, John something? Yeah, Titor. Yeah, Titer, and he tried to contact me on my old show. Like, hmm. yeah, I'm not joking. 
It's interesting because his story is kind of cool. I'm like, why would my show be influential to this weird guy? I'm like, might be a time traveler. Like, I don't really believe everything that I see, but it was very weird that he went after me on my own, or somebody claiming to be him went after me on my old show. I was like a really good troll. Because that was so obscure. John Titer, like nobody knows who that guy is. I remember him. I mean, uh, he was looking for a very specific device. Yeah, a computer. The whole thing never made any sense, though. (laughs) He needed a computer from 1975. Yeah, notice notice how those... (laughs) Time travelers, like when they like arrive in the nineties, they always need like nineties kind of related stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the two thousand, like two thousand stuff. Yeah, that's like that's that whole. It makes me think about Scientology. That science fiction writer, Aaron Hubbard. Uh, in his days, like uh, you still had like these DC, what are the DC seven planes or something, and. So in his story about like uh, Scientology that is seeing you and everything, uh, they arrived in like DC-7 style ships. And I actually can't with that story. <laughs> I have his books though. I, don't know, I watched the South Park episode on it. It's oh, pretty Dianetics. accurate. Yeah, I mean, uh, I have another, I have another uh, science fiction book by him too. Well, it's crazy stuff. He's not a really good science fiction writer. Like I said. It's average stuff. I mean, yeah, I've heard the story. Th- I don't doubt that. <laughs> got about three minutes till I got to close this up. What else am I not covered? I mean, he's no like uh, Isaac Asimov or something. He doesn't even like. He's not even like Arthur C. Clarke's level. He's like, it's, uh, it's all very generic, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I wasn't a fan of his. I, I read a few of his books, and I, I wasn't impressed. Me neither. It's like, it's like for all of the religious texts out there, the one that they base Scientology off of is so tame, so generic, is so like middle lane, however you want to call it, just mid at best. Yeah, uh, Dianetics. Yeah, okay, Dianetics, kind of like a self-help book or whatever, if you're like, uh, not case, but. Now, I hate specific science fiction books, which were really just science fiction. I mean, basic science fiction, but not, not really so impressive. It's like, it doesn't even it, it doesn't come close to people like Isaac Asimov or like H.P. Lovecraft even for example. It's like he's just uh, kind of like an amateur. I can write better. I think we all can. <laughs> I, I'm just kind of mad that they made up a, a rehab based off of his. Um, it's called Narconon or something off of his stuff and some of the stuff he suggested to, for addicts to get off of drugs is actually kind of dangerous. Make them sweat yeah. out. That's dangerous. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, the whole thing is a scam, and it's a mid-scam, too. If you're going to scam people, at least base it off of something interesting. 
I mean, like, the biggest disappointment with Scientology is the fact that you literally have, like, stories of giants and stories of, like, ancient Mesopotamian gods fighting each other and going to the netherworld and stuff, and you settle for, for Xenu and space portals. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, well, like, real mythology is way more impressive than that. Yeah. Right. No, exactly. The, the, the real mythology, like in Sumeria and everything, those stories are way, way better. Um, maybe because they actually happened, but yeah. Um. All right, guys, I got I to gotta close up the show. Um, we'll try, be trying to get on a guest. Um, not sure which one will answer um, our request, but we will try and get a guest on for next show. Um, looking like either uh, some sort of ufologist or... Uh, uh, some guy who has some some who, can, who will be able to talk about some weird stuff that even I'm not even keen to. Um, we'll be on the same time, uh, same place. Like what kind of weird? Oh, it's in the it's in the uh, Matt's stuff is in the um, in the chat. It's something to do with uh, bioweapons to attack DNAs stuff like that. And people with certain DNA structures. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, and um, we'll be on uh, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, we're on Talk Show. Um, working on some other stuff. I believe we're on. We will be on Hive this week as well. Um, so you can catch us beyond the pendulum. Uh, we're also on Apple Podcasts. Uh, still don't see any revenue from that, but we'll see how we can start monetizing that. And uh, I'll close out with this show. I don't have a exit uh, track yet, but I'll uh, be working on that. Bye. <laughs>